Get ready to be captivated and intrigued as we delve into my life of spirits and all things paranormal. Join me, your host, Jay Lane, on The Lane Way to Spirit as I share my stories and personal experiences in the hopes of inspiring others to explore their own spirituality. Grab your favorite mug and settle in, and let's get started. Hello and welcome here to Lane Way to Spirit. I'm really happy to be talking about this topic today because I am absolutely sure that somebody out there who is listening has lived in a haunted house. I know I've lived in a few, but one that was actually very active. And that was early on, you know, when I was much younger. So back in 1981, my ex-husband and I, we had moved from Valcaren to Hanmer. And I was pregnant with my son, and we were living in a one-bedroom apartment, which was way too small for our family. And we had a dog. <laughs> so at that time, my father wasn't feeling well, but he was really insistent on helping us move. And we really had no one else to turn to. And I was worried because my dad had a very serious heart condition. And he was given very limited time after his open heart surgery. And he didn't know about that. We did, but he didn't because we felt that if he knew that maybe it would influence him. And so it wasn't a really good time to move. And the thing is, my, you know, my stress levels were really high. And so we happened to move on October 31st, Halloween night of all things. And it was quite a challenging move because we had to move after dinner. And they decided to drop me off, my dad and my ex, with the first load of furniture. And so I was left behind at the house in Hanmer where we moved while they went back to get a couple of loads of boxes and more furniture. And I was exhausted because of the stress levels and, and because I had been going all day. And... We had moved to a real remote area in Hanmer, and it had poor lighting on the street. It was really, really dark outside that night. It's almost like you don't see the stars or the moon. I couldn't even see across the street, you know. And the house was extremely quiet. And I was sitting there on the couch. I was surrounded by boxes. And I kind of laid my head back. And I shouldn't have done that because I fell asleep for about an hour. And I woke up to the sensation of being watched from the ceiling, and it really freaked me out. And I'm sure you've had that feeling, right, guys? You have somebody, you feel like you're being watched, or there's somebody around. Well, it was dark, and so here I am. I'm struggling to see in this darkness, and I noticed this vine from a plant that was really neglected. It was left on a shelf in the living room. And it looked like a, a withered hosta and it hadn't been watered in a very long time. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe that's what I saw and my brain was playing tricks on me. But I tried to shake the feeling off, but it just wouldn't go away. And it just stayed with me, you know. So what I didn't know at that time was that there was a ghost living in my house. And that was the beginning of what it, what it felt like for me. The next thing I knew, the guys came home with the last run. 
And I told them that I had this really weird feeling about the house. And of course, they died laughing. They really did. They they told me that it was probably because I was all by myself in a strange house. You know, I don't know it yet. And it's like dark outside. And I was just scared. So I just kind of shook that off. And I thought, well, maybe they're right. I'm tired. You know, I didn't get much rest. And so you know, I t- was taking my dog outside. And as we stepped outside, he started to bark and bark and bark uncontrollably and he was so agitated I I just couldn't calm him down so I brought him back inside the house and I'm at the kitchen sink and I'm looking outside and something caught my eye and when I looked outside again it looked like there was someone in the garden and it was so weird I thought did I just see that So I brushed it off. I thought, okay, like I'm trying to convince myself it's nothing, right? But deep down inside, oh my God, I I couldn't shake off the feeling that something was, was really off. So moving forward from that, in February, my son was born. And he was born during a huge snowstorm. It was like crazy. We couldn't even get out of the house. The doors were just so bombarded by snow. And I hadn't felt well during my pregnancy, and it took me some time to get better. And after I had the baby, my mom thought it would be easier for her to come and stay with me for a week or two, because my ex had rotating shifts, and I needed round-the-clock help because I was so weak, I was stuck in bed, and I couldn't really get around. And so as I started recovering, I remember this one incident where I walked into the kitchen, and I saw my mother, you know, there, she's making some tea and she's telling me to have a seat and she's all happy to see me with this big smile. And as I go to sit down, I look and I see the baby sleeping on the couch, you know, all like secure and everything with all these little like mountains of blankets she had put together in pillows so he wouldn't fall down. But I asked her, like, why Why is he on the couch instead of his room? And then that's when she started asking me, like, all these questions. And she just started bombarding me with them. You know, had I relocated the crib in his room? I'm there, what? Did you move his crib, like, from one end to the next in his room? I said, no. And so... I told her I didn't do that. Then she asked me if I tampered with the plumbing door, the little hatch near the floor that goes to the plumbing in the inside the wall. And she found that open. And I told her I hadn't touched it as far as I knew. You know, it was always closed. I never saw it open. So she looked really confused. So she explained to me that she went to check on the baby and she saw that his crib was at the other end of the room. It had been moved. And she says that babies can't do that. And she started telling me that they lacked the strength to do that. And considering, you know, the crib's weight and the force that it would need to move that, it just wasn't possible. And even the draft from the cold air coming in from downstairs from that little door wasn't enough to move that crib. So... I thought, okay, well, that's just really weird. So she says, no, 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 there's something wrong here. 
to prevent the plumbing hatch from opening because of those drafts, my dad came over and he secured it with a little finishing nail at the front of it. And he made sure not to put it in too deep because the landlord was wanting access to that little door because they were renovating the downstairs area for a new apartment that they planned on building within the next month or so. And so we moved the crib back to the wall adjacent to that plumbing hatch and she made sure that everything was in order. And when we got back to that room, that little door was open and the crib was at the other end of the room. That kind of freaked us out. And and not only that, that the temperature had dropped so much You know, I had to move the baby into her own room until the landlord was able to assess that situation. And when he got there and he checked everything, he said that everything was okay and that there were no problems at all. And then strangely enough, the temperature started to rise. So he started talking about this could be due to the distribution of the radiant heat from the ceiling because the heating system was actually in the ceiling in that house. And then he talked about the external elements because of where that room was located and we were exposed to those external elements and it was February, so it was cold. So we kind of just left it at that. And the hatch was closed and that didn't happen again. It was just that one day. Now, moving forward, the landlord had finally finished the construction of the downstairs unit. And there was a great couple that moved in. I mean, they were from different cultures and it made them quite unique, actually. But I was responsible for collecting the rent from them. And they were always consistent. They always paid on time. And although they were a little bit different, they were really nice and friendly people. But one night, my ex was working the night shift, and we were all asleep in that in that building. And I was awoken by gunshots. And let me tell you, I jumped so high. I jumped up in a panic, right away went and got my son. And I found out that my neighbor because I could hear him yelling downstairs that the red ball was attacking him. And I guess he was trying to shoot this red ball. And I was afraid that the bullets were going to go through the ceiling. So I called the police. When they arrived, they took him to the hospital because they thought maybe he posed a threat to himself or to others. So they wanted to make sure that he was safe. And so I went downstairs to console his wife because she was crying uncontrollably. And she confided in me that she couldn't stay there because she was so scared about what had happened. And she was fearful of the red ball. She had seen this thing. And so the entire apartment was in disarray. There were, oh my God, there was stuff everywhere, broken glass everywhere. And I was really concerned for the safety of myself and and my son. So I was really relieved when she left. And they returned a couple weeks later to retrieve their belongings. And they were evicted by the landlord for causing so much property damage. So my husband and I, on another note, were fast asleep one night. And we heard a man's voice. I mean, really clearly. And then all of a sudden, it was like two men talking, very muffled-like. 
But if you put your ear against the floor, you could hear it coming from downstairs. And I was scared to death. You know, this apartment was vacant downstairs, right? They hadn't done the repairs yet. They had to clean up. And so I'm thinking, okay, who who the heck is downstairs? So we decided to go down there. And when we got there, the voices stopped. And my ex was skeptical. And he thought maybe it was some kind of, as he said, electromagnetic current that was causing the voices. But I asked him why it stopped when he opened the door. But his excuse was that the current must have been disturbed. So maybe we disturbed it somehow, and that's why we couldn't hear it anymore. But in that moment, I knew right there and then that I had two brothers in spirit talking. One was stuck there in that basement, and I knew it. The other tried to make him believe that he was dead and that he had to follow him back to where he needed to go. So it's almost like one wasn't accepting his death and the other one knew he was gone and he was happy and beautiful. But there was no way I was going to tell that to my ex because he was not one to believe any of that nonsense, as he would have put it. And so as I lived there and the longer I was there, I felt these energies more and more. But I believe somehow that one was really peaceful and loving but the other one was a little bit confused. I knew they weren't there to hurt us at all. And I think that sometimes they were there to help us out in some kind of strange way. Now, the last straw for me and finally for my ex-husband is when my ex's friend came over to have his car fixed. And it turned into quite a chaotic evening. And so my ex was really known for being a backyard mechanic. He was really mechanically inclined and he was amazing. He always helped out his friends and they really relied on him for that. But it was a beautiful summer evening and it was just starting to get dark outside. And my son was asleep. He was in his room and the window was open. And here I was below the window and I was outside watering the flowers against the house because we had had a really hot day that day. So as I'm watering the flowers, my ex asked me to go get a flashlight from the garage. And so I went to get it. And then I heard what sounded like an explosion, a small like boom. And as I went to the driveway, because there was a car parked in the driveway, I found out that the battery exploded and it sprayed my ex's friend in the face. And so we ran to the house and we ran to the hose and we turned on the water, but the water wouldn't come out. There was nothing coming out of that hose, nothing. And so we decided to rush him into the house to rinse his face off. But the door was locked. We couldn't get in. It was like not locked when we went outside. But my ex had to go into the garage to get the spare set of keys to open the door so that he can go inside and help his friend rinse off from this residue. And so everything turned out okay. But later that evening, my ex went downstairs and he found that the water to the outside tap had been physically turned off and he was baffled 
there's no one else in the house and the water is physically turned off and I was just using it outside. I was watering the flowers. There is no way that that water tap should have been turned off. There's no way. And so that night he told me, we're moving. And that was music to my ears because I had to stay there most of the time. I stayed with my son until he was about two and a half years old. And then I went back to school. And of course, then I went back to work. But it was just absolutely ah, music to my ears. And so the next day, which was really kind of ironic, was our landlord visited us. And he started talking to us about his son. And his son was just starting to build houses. He was just learning to be a contractor. And he was actually very talented. But his son wanted to build a house next to the one that we lived in. Because they owned that property. He wanted to make it suited to our needs. But he was going to give us a really great deal. But I declined. There was no way I was staying on that property because I felt that property somehow had been cursed or nobody really passed over these spirits. And at the time, I honestly didn't know how to do that. Nobody had ever taught me how to pass spirits through or to smudge. My mother had told me how to protect myself by visualizing myself in a golden bubble that, you know, nobody or nothing can permeate. But the thing is, I'd never been taught that. And so after I declined and we were just chatting a bit, I finally gathered the courage to confront him about sensing three spirits on the property. I mean, I was moving, so I, I really had nothing to lose. And I asked him straight up, like, why didn't you tell me there's somebody that died downstairs and somebody that died in the backyard? Because after living there for a while, I knew that. And I looked right into his eyes, and he really didn't want to talk about it. I could tell he was really debating whether he should say something or not. But I kept on looking right into his eyes, and he was really quite surprised. And so he told me that his father-in-law had passed away from a heart attack in the backyard in the garden. And then he told me that a man had been fatally injured in a car accident at the end of the driveway and that that man's brother had broken into the house once it had been sold and vacant and hanged himself in the basement due to his profound grief for his brother. You know, I wasn't really surprised because I told him, as I mentioned before, that land is cursed. And I told him, you know, if I were you, I'd, I'd get someone to come here and bless that. That's what I would do. So I don't know if he ever took that step or not. But as far as I know, they were pretty church-going type people. And so I was hoping he'd take my advice. Regarding the red ball, I never caught sight of it during my time there. And it didn't follow us, nor did the spirits from that small house in Hanmer. Whenever I drive by, I still sense the emotions I experienced in that house. I often wonder if the current occupants have had similar encounters. And if you have, or if you feel that you're being watched by energies, or that you have some energies that are unwanted in your private space or in your work, 
it's important to know how to rid yourself of these energies. So I will attach a reference on how you can do that. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day and week ahead. And until the next time, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's Langway to Spirit. To learn more about me, visit my website at mediumjlane.com or my socials on Facebook and Instagram.